Dave, let's let's talk a little bit about the Calgary Ultimate Association. Uh, but I, I think the best place to start for most, I think we're all up to speed on Ultimate. But why don't you give us the descriptor? Um, yeah, I think most people are up to speed with Ultimate, but sometimes there's some confusion when we we sit down or we talk to people who haven't heard about the sport. Basically, it's a team sport. Um, it's a football field length, but it's about 40 yards wide. It has two end zones, so the teams are facing off against each other. We play seven on seven, and basically it's a possession sport where you, you have to possess the disc in order to score. Okay. You have to throw the disc into the end zone to somebody to receive it in the end zone for the score. But it combines so many elements of different sports. Like It's got running and jumping, mm-hmm. but when you have the disc, you can't run with it, so you're pivoting, so it's like basketball. Um, and it's very much it's oriented to offensive play. Okay. Yeah. Um, more like rugby or Australian rules football or traditional North American football? Uh, I would say, you know, that's the thing. That's why they call it ultimate because it's the ultimate combination of so many different sports. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you don't once the disc is, touches the ground, yeah. then it's a turnover, and so that possession changes. Um, Again, it's it's that combination that sometimes makes it hard to describe. Okay. Yeah. The, how what's the learning curve like for for somebody coming into the sport? How quickly does it take to to pick up the nuances? It's pretty easy. I think the real basic thing is to just get your accuracy with throwing because it's important to have uh, a thrower connect with the receiver. Hmm. One of the things that what makes it such an interesting sport is that everybody gets to be the quarterback. Everybody gets to be a receiver. Yeah. Because. Um, you know, at the higher levels, everybody has different roles and their strategies. But when you're first starting to play, the object is to get the disc to another player. And, you know, if we're talking about youth playing, um, they want to throw the disc as far as they can. But they're also trying to get it to their receiver. And then right. once you become a receiver, you get the disc. Suddenly, you're a thrower. Right, right. Um, let's talk about it from the bigger picture. And then we'll zone in on Cal- or zoom in on Calgary. But how... What's the structure? Is it an international sport? Is it a North American sport? How would you describe it? It's definitely an international sport. Um, There are more than 70 countries who have teams at this point. Okay. Um, We actually have world championships that happen every four years. Uh, There's the national championships, or the the world championships that include national teams, so teams have to compete to become the national representative at the Worlds. And then there's also a world club championship. so, So there's no national team, you don't? put all the best players on the national team a team would uh, take that mantle sometimes that happens i think at the at the youth level the under 20s what they do is they pick the best okay okay yeah Yeah, so the youth development has has really changed a lot where it used to be you know uh, a youth team would go up through the regionals provincials uh into the national championship and that winning team would get to go to the world championships but um that's sort of only for the adult teams now kind of like you know like uh, senior level hockey sure but for the youth teams um they have tryouts all the way across the country and they pick the absolute best athletes that they can find so when we when we are in international competitions who are the powerhouses where's the strength worldwide definitely canada is one of the top two okay um, canada united states australia great britain japan um it's Everybody plays a little different style of game, but Canada and U.S. have been one and two back and forth for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Uni- universal rules? Or are, there, are there any differences? Um, there are some differences in the rules. If you play in North America, some really small things. Um, and, but the, the thing that's so cool about Ultimate is the concept of spirit of the game. Um, spirit of the game is that idea that 
the rules are enforced by the players on the field. There are no referees. So okay. when you start at junior level uh, as a youth, you have to know the rules. You start to know the rules, mm-hmm. and then you you have to call your own fouls. Or if you you know if you foul somebody, they can call a foul on you, and you have to say, "Do I agree with you? Do I not?" Right. What's interesting is that that goes all the way up to the world championship level. As you get higher into the you know the higher levels, there are observers, but they're really only there to keep the game going, keep the flow, and make sure any sort of conflicts that are too difficult to resolve just. They, they say, okay, what happened? What do you think? What do you think? Here we go. What a, a terrific kind of lost art in sport, right? The spirit of the game. Yeah. Is that, is that a challenge? Is that, is that difficult? Is that, how do you view that? Well, I've played a, a number of years. I'm going on two decades sure. now. Okay. <laughs> so, Started when you were four. You I know. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that um, it can be difficult, but I think that, the culture of the sport allows it to be where um, teams understand they're not always perfect. They're not always right. right. And there's that sense. It's, it's, uh, it's true sportsmanship. It's true fair play. That's what fascinates me because I, I cannot think of an equivalent. Yeah. I can't think of some international championship that could ever be decided by you and I looking at each other and going, yeah, I was wrong. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That is fascinating to me. It's hard to believe. And I think, I think, you know, they have tried pro leagues. Uh, There's actually an active pro league right now that's in all of North America. And, and they've incorporated referees because they realize at this level, when, if you are starting to get paid, um, it's not a lot, but when, no, no, if you're yeah, starting to get paid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then you have to sort of have some more accountability. So, but the, the world championship level, which is governed by the world body, uh, the World Flying Disc Federation, is recognized by the International Olympic Committee. So they actually participate in the World Games, which is sort of a precursor to mm-hmm. Olympic re- recognition. Okay. So it would be amazing to see this sport at the Olympic level. You just referred to it as inter- the International Flag Disc? Sorry, the World Flying Disc Federation. Flying Disc. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's the international governing body. But it's still just ultimate. It's still it's just, just ultimate. ultimate. So, WIFDIF, as they're known. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? He said yeah. what? Oh, WIFDIF, yeah. okay. WIFDIF, they actually do all flying disc sports, so they also are the international body for disc golf. Um, and there are lo- lots of other less, even less mainstream sure. uh, flying disc sports. As, like, as an ultimate guy, are you cool with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because okay. you know, if you don't have enough guys out for people out for practice, uh, you you might play a different game. Or if you're having you know, when you go hang out on the weekend, you can go to amazing disc golf disc, yeah. disc golf course all around. Yeah, you're yeah. always improving your skills. Okay, okay. Yeah. So there is and the reason I had, we had we talked to somebody earlier and and they said well we had you know this sport tried to take us over as our international body we're not even connected to them so I'm just kind of curious about yeah. you're okay with that yeah right? well nationally Ultimate Canada is the national governing body of Ultimate okay. and we only focus on Ultimate and okay. here in Calgary Calgary Ultimate Association only focuses on Ultimate okay but people play all the other things yeah yeah um, uh, so where do we start where where do we find the entry point to Ultimate who's where where is the most, I guess, the most of the athletes coming from? Well, it totally depends on what age level you're at. Um, what we're finding is we have, we're running skills and, uh, skills and drills clinics uh, for youth. Mm-hmm. So um, we have an ultimate website called playultimate.ca. Super simple. Real easy. Yeah. yeah. So go to playultimate.ca. You'll always see what's 
the most current way to get into the sport. Right now, because we're coming into summer, a lot of our programs have already started. Our leagues um, are really popular with adults, uh, but we're also trying to get kids playing at the sort of junior high level. I think that's, to me, that's the greatest opportunity to start playing because you haven't really picked your sport yet. Yeah. Um, it's also that sort of age where you really get a, you can have more control of the disc. Anything lower than junior high, you can start to do basic throwing and catching. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But where you really hone your skills would be junior high. And then um, there's a lot of support from the junior high teachers to do you know, small tournaments and take teams to different things around the city. And we just, um, right now today, we're actually hosting the Calgary Junior High and Senior High School Championships at uh, Glenmore Athletic Park. So how organized are those teams? I mean, are they just, are they for the event itself or have they played through a, a league or how did they get to that point? It really depends on the school. Um, some schools, the teachers are the ones who played ultimate, and so they want the kids to be organized, and so they they really help out. Others right. are sort of like, yeah, a bunch of kids came to me, and I'll, I'll help them, and I'll get them to that game, um, and maybe we'll have a couple practices before we go. So, yeah, it's it, it really varies. But I think what the interesting thing is it's um, it's a sport that can be played all year round, and so anytime the kids get together, they want to play as much as they can. Right, yeah. right. Is, is it a complementary sport, or is it a, a focused sport? And by that I mean, you know, can I play it in other sports? Where do you find most of your athletes? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, when I started playing, we had Olympic losers playing in the summer because it was a great cross-training sport. We And that's how we see it, too. It's a really good opportunity. When people talk about sports specialization and the yes. long-term athlete development model, yes. right? We want to see as many people give it a try. I could see, you know, like if you're a wide receiver in high school football, yeah. this is an awesome sport for you because you get to know field sense. You talk about making great cuts, but you're also getting a ton of cardio workout because you don't get off the field until the final or until that point is scored. So that means you don't just go for an eight second play. You could be on the field for two minutes at a time, running your guts out. Right. 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 So um, it is. I I see it as a really good cross training sport. People who love it play it all year round and they focus on it. But if you play uh, soccer in the summer, you could do indoor winter. Right, indoor ultimate in the winter. Okay, yeah. What do we have here in Calgary? I mean, in terms of facilities. Yeah. I mean, is it an easy sport to play facility-wise in Calgary? Uh, it is. There's lots of different facilities, but I think it's it's easy because we're kind of small right now. If we got really big, I think we'd start to have problems competing for other facilities. Okay. Field houses. I mean, I just went to a practice down at the Foothills uh, Field House down in the deep southeast, and it was an amazing facility. It was so good for us. Um, it's great to train without the wind because you can focus on your throwing and catching. Um, and the, the Northwest Soccer Center is really good, mm-hmm. but again, times are limited. Our Our winter league can run around you know, 9 p.m. on a Sunday night, which is hard for people who maybe if they're adults, they have kids or yep, whatever. Yep. It can be hard for them. Or even if you are a kid. So we try to run our juniors leagues as early as possible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, much like there used to be a, an arena crunch for hockey, yeah. we're very much in an indoor field sport crunch. So another group that could would definitely support a field house or two absolutely. in the city of Calgary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We would we would love that. And, and we see that in our, our um, other friend Friendly leagues across the country. Edmonton is a great example. They have such beautiful field house facilities. Oh, boy, do they. And yeah. a lot of them. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know? So we're totally envious. And we run, we run a series all winter where we have uh, you know, four-on-four or five-on-five tournaments. And uh, sometimes we meet in Red Deer, but uh, we often go up to Edmonton to play in their tournaments. So tell me about coaching and development. Um, what goes into to creating a good ultimate player? Um, that's a really good question. Um, again, 
Ultimate does have its own part of the long-term athlete development program. The, the big thing is, um, you know, starting off with having fun, uh, learning the culture of the sport. Yeah. Um, but but it's just about it's about people who run or willing to run, um, have good hand-eye coordination. And, you know, like I started playing as an adult, so it was more mm-hmm. like I need to get in shape Okay. versus the kids now who are, um, y- you almost see a combination of a long distance runner, basketball player, but you don't have to be that way either because if you're a re- if you become a really good thrower, you could be the shortest guy on the th- or shortest girl on the team. Sure. Yeah. So, and again, great you brought it up, but inclusion in terms of gender and everybody can play? Absolutely. Our leagues for adults are co-ed. Um, our skills and drills clinics are co-ed. Um, so all of our youth programs are co-ed at, the, at this level, but then they split up to be uh, junior girl teams and junior boy teams. Okay. Yeah. And what about uh, female participation? Is it strong? Is it growing? How would you describe it? It's pretty good. It, it comes and goes in waves. Um, mm. But I think that uh, girls really like to play co-ed in the sense that they get to be role players on the team. Um, you know, it's not like it's there's sort of relegation. Uh, sometimes the strongest co-ed team is the one who has the best females, right? So, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I think it goes really well. I think we see a lot of uh, girls in our juniors program right now, and I think it's a, it's a good balance. So what are the numbers like? What are How many people are playing? How many people are participating? We think there are about 1,000 people within Calgary playing whether it's club ultimate that isn't necessarily associated with our leagues okay. um, or other leagues that are around the city. Uh, but it's, it's sort of been steady for the last five or ten years. Okay. And, and recreational versus competitive, do you have a, a feel of how many versus, you know, which yeah. is bigger, I guess? Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because our, our competitive teams are really growing. And oh. when that happens, uh, you know, we've got um, – We've got teams that are competing this summer at nationals. We have teams that are going to world championships. Um, and so I would say we're probably about 60-40 right now in terms of percentage-wise of the teams that are playing recreation versus competitive. Really? Yeah. It's that high? Yeah. Eh? It's, 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 we, you know, obviously, we want to build more of the recreational side because yeah. you have to get that base. Sure. Um, but people, when they get into the sport, they see how much... Um, the, the competitive level, how much fun that is still, and yeah. they, they strive to get to that. It, it seems to me that w- the, one of the advantages of your sport is the very limited barriers to participation. Yeah. I, I can't, you know, I'm not sure what keeps somebody from participating, quite honestly. Yeah, sometimes it's just time. It's, it's uh, not knowing about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we try to put up banners across the city saying play ultimate in March, but the snow's still falling, so you're like, oh, I don't know about that sport. But right. But once you get people out, it is relatively low cost, but it's still like field space is a premium. So we have to charge regular league fees. Uh, But I still think it's one of the lowest cost things when you consider it. um, You know, you don't have to have a pair of cleats, but if you have a pair of cleats, it's going to be a lot better. Uh, and a frisbee, which is you know we sell. Are we allowed to call it a frisbee? Well, well, I've see, been waiting. Not, see, I wasn't going to say it. I just wasn't going to say it. And then you said it, so I got to at least yeah. broach that subject. It's funny because I've heard people say the same thing. It's like, are is are you allowed to call it frisbee? Yeah, yeah. We, most people just call it frisbee. It's disc. It's because frisbee is a whammo brand, and uh, most of us don't use. See, whammo. okay, hold on now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's so this is like the Zamboni Olympia conversation, Absolutely. right? Like it, it, an Olympia is not a Zamboni. It's yeah. a brand name. So frisbee is a brand name. So. So it is a disc. Okay. Yeah. We, we exactly. solved one of the great mysteries. Well, I think the Pro League is called the American Ultimate Disc League. Okay. But nobody calls it Ultimate Disc. I mean, we call it Ultimate. Well, the Americans always struggle with things like Bob's 
play in sledge hockey and stuff like that. They're really terrible when it comes to names <laughs> of sports. Exactly. Um, who, who, who's playing? Who, who are you finding when you, when you recruit? Yeah. Like, who's coming to you? Um, do you mean at the, the youth level? or in the, yeah, It's uh, an open-ended thing. I'm curious uh, about, you know, again, I, I think I brought up that point of, you know, where the entry point is, but I, maybe it's different. But I'm, I'm curious who's finding you right now. Yeah. That's interesting. I think a lot of times it's that word of mouth where people who have friends who play, yeah. um, people who want to play a sport where they can be competitive, but it's not so serious that they're going to, uh, you know, get into conflict or anything like that. You know, so sometimes sport can be really, really competitive, but even at our most competitive levels, um, people get a sense of having fun. Um, one of the cool things about Ultimate is you could go anywhere in the world and you just sort of do a Google search and say, well, who's, who's running pickup tonight? Mm-hmm. I was in Melbourne, Australia once, and I, I had my cleats with me because I knew I was going to try to do it. And I did a little quick Google search, and sure enough, down at the Melbourne Cricket Grounds, there was uh, about 20 people who were having a pickup game. So a lot of times it's... it's um, What's that experience like? It's, it's amazing because they take you in. They say, we don't know if you can play. We don't know if you can catch yeah. a run. But you've got cleats and you have a frisbee, so let's go out there. So you take, you get yourself out there, you start playing. Everybody can sort of figure out how how good you are and where you fit in. And did you? And, and they, yeah, I did. I played. I had a really good time. I've done it in Ottawa. I've done it in Melbourne. I've, you know, it's that idea of like the culture. People understand. You've got common rules. You all understand the spirit of the game is yeah. you know fair play. Yeah. And. Uh, and we, the more people come out, the better game we're going to have. So does that happen here? Have you had the reciprocal experience here? Has somebody from another place contacted you and come out and participate? It happens all the time. It does, yeah. eh? There, we have a message forum. We have our Twitter account. People send us tweets saying, hey, I'm visiting Calgary for two weeks. Do you guys have any pickup running? And sure enough, we actually run pickup every Wednesday night for the entire summer. So if you go down to the Calgary Rugby Union at 6.30 p.m. on a Wednesday night, anybody can play. Just it's drop free. in. Yeah. Wow. Is that a good way to learn, or is that a little bit advanced? You know what I mean? Like, if I've never played before, (laughs) should I be showing up there? No, I think anybody... uh, We always have people there who can show people the ropes, Um, and that's, again... And they're willing to do that. Absolutely. Okay, it's not pissing them off, because they're supposed to be playing, now they're teaching some schlub. Bam! No, absolutely. People are always willing to help. And yeah, I I remember one of my first pickup games, I saw it posted on the website, and it was um, over in Silver Springs, and it was just this couple who... It had been a really long winter, and they just wanted to get outside, so they just put their own game on. They said, hey, pick up. And I didn't. I wasn't really a good player at the time. I sort of played maybe for a year. I show up at the field, and there's 80 people there, and they just split everybody up into teams. You know, it's just like throw your hockey stick into the middle. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, they, they split people up, and people just played. It, the most impressive part of this conversation so far is just the, 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 the sportsmanship component to it to me. I'm just blown away by and and I'm so excited about it. Because yeah. I think it's missing. I think so much is litigated now. So much is, you know, us versus them. And, and, and this sport seems to be inherently good. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. it's, it's back to what sport was supposed to be. There is a value in good sportsmanship. There's a value in, in, in just, hey, come be part of us. That's an amazing strength. Well, absolutely. You think of that, uh, that video that came out recently of the two baseball players, yes, right? Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah. That was amazing sportsmanship. Right. That you just don't see. And that's... I think that's what commonly unites everybody is that, you know, sometimes you'd be playing a team where you played with five of the other people on that team. And so you know them, you know them well, you know how they play, you, can, mm-hmm. you know how to beat them. But at the same time, at the end of the game, they're still your friends and you want to you 
get together. One of the things that happens at the world's level a lot is because they're still very strong on spirit of the game at the world's level is um, they call it the spirit circle. So if we have spirit of the game, the teams get together and they all go sort of one one from each player sort of yep. overlapping each other. And yep. so you, you get around this giant circle and you talk about the game, you talk about how things went, you thank them for the game. It's, it's, it's a very much a respect level thing. And um, I played on a team four years ago that went to the uh, Masters Ultimate Championships and we made it all the way to the final. And I, our team didn't really expect to be there in the final. Sure. Uh, but we played. But our, there you are. Yeah, we played our hearts out to yeah. get to that final. Yeah. And the team that we played absolutely outclassed us. And I would say this to anybody. They were so good. And at the end of the game, they beat us by nine points. Now, is that a, is it a lot? That's or? a pretty big margin in it ultimate. Oh, okay. Especially okay. when you're talking about, you know, like most of our games leading up to that would be a one or two point margin. Okay. Sure. Okay. And so beat us by nine points. And we still got together, and we talked about how things went, and it was it was just a really good moment. And you get that sense of like, sure, we lost gold, we got a silver medal, but we really felt good about how we walk away from this game. That again is so anti everything in this world right now. <laughs> it's that's phenomenal to me. Yeah, that and I think phenomenal. we want to keep that going in yeah, this sport. Is that a challenge? It is a challenge because the more people who come into our sport who come from um, very competitive backgrounds because yeah. they see it as a good cross-training sport, sure. there's there's definitely a learning curve for them. You know, If you come from playing junior football and then you get into ultimate, you have about you know a couple competitive games before you realize, oh, wait, it's not exactly like it was when I was in my Ab- other sport. A- absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and again... To me, you know, as somebody who's kind of listening to this, I'm going, this is so important to youth. Yeah. This, th- th- that whole idea would, be, re- would resonate to me if I was a hockey coach or a basketball coach or something in terms of teamwork, leadership, respect, all the fundamentals that we get out of sport. It's right there. Yeah. And, you know, that's really what it is. is um, it's showing at the beginning of when somebody first gets into the sport how important that part of it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, kudos to you guys. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Um, where are we going? Where do, where do you see it? Where would you like to see it? Where, where is it going to be in 10 years? It's so hard to say. Um, a lot of people want to see it go competitive stream. They want to see us get to the Olympics. They want to see those professional leagues flourish. And I, mm-hmm. I get that. And I think that's really cool. Um, but for a local league, we want to see as many people playing as possible and enjoying the sport. And I think um, there's a there's a trade-off there. Yeah. And so you have to decide. Um, but as long as those people who are playing at that most competitive still remember what it was like when they first started playing, you know, and coming out and helping out. We did a, an event last week called the Art Hawkins Great Canadian Ultimate Game. It's kind of like Hockey Day in Canada, but okay. it's, yeah. it's for Ultimate. Yeah. And instead of uh, inviting all of our league teams to come and play, we just said, this is a free learn-to-play Ultimate thing. And so we got a whole bunch of pe- new people who had never really played before, and then we had all of our competitive uh, players act as mentors and coaches. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool event because it brought new people into the sport. Yeah. Um, but again, it shared the sense of how much fun this sport actually is. So, is it an effective recruitment tool? Were you able to to, to bring in? I don't know. If, you know, it's the same thing where we're already sort of beyond our uh, league registration dates. But yeah. it's definitely a way to introduce people to the sport, get them to think about it, and then tell them about that free pickup on Wednesday nights. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know you mentioned it because you talked about the the the, the teachers and everything, but it's so. Uh, the messaging is so good for kids yeah. like this, you know, in a, in a world in an era where we're worried about cost, fairly yeah. cost effective. Yeah. The messaging's right. This, this should be something that all 
middle school and high schools are doing. Well, and how many kids know the full rule book for, say, American football or even soccer? Yeah. When you play ultimate, you, there's 10 simple rules, but there's a rule book that's filled with all the intricacies of them all. There's only 10 rules. Well, there are 10 simple rules. I don't have them in front of me. No, I'd no, go no, through no, them, no, but no, but there, yeah, yeah. But there are 10 simple rules that could give you the entire basis for the sport. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, but you have to know the rules, which means for, for kids, for middle school kids, personal accountability, responsibility, right. things that you want to teach your kids anyway, but somehow you're doing it through sport now. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's incredible. How, how can people find you? How can people get involved, Dave? I think the easiest way is just to go to playultimate.ca. You'll always see whatever's most current coming up. Uh, we've got some skills clinics for summer, mm-hmm. so kids can start in. We've got um, some flexible pricing so that uh, you can try four sessions or you can go all eight, um, and it's, it's going to be running throughout the summer, and then we'll be back at it in fall league. So we'll have team leagues running in, in fall league. We've got team leagues running now, right now in the summer. Yeah. We're running a tournament next weekend. Um, 20 teams are coming from all over Western Canada to play. Uh, that'd be a great opportunity to see it in action is to come down and watch games. Whether you come to the pickup and you're a schlub and you don't think you can play, <laughs> we'll make sure somebody's there to help yeah. you and, and learn how to play. I just, I, my only wish is that you grow and you grow and you grow, but you never lose the, the spirit. Yeah. That, that is, that's, I, I think that is incredible. I think that's something you should be proud of. I think that's something that the more need to, to pay attention to. That's, that's phenomenal. Congratulations. Well, thank you. We feel the same way.